Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N-Guitars.com What's up? It is 3 p.m. on a Sunday afternoon. Thanks for tuning in to Cannabis Legalization News, where we explain marijuana laws so you can change them. Today is basically a more act update. I mean, it's supposed to be coming this week, so we'll see. But they do have a couple of minutes we're going to talk about. And Texas and Colorado have some interesting developments. So let's just get right into it. Hey, Tom. Hey, Maggie. Hey. What's up? Hey, Lauren. How's your weekend going? Not too bad. Hanging in there. How about you guys? Oh, summer is nice out there. And so, you know, as people come on and tune in, we're going to talk all about this new Morac that's coming online. And it's going to be released before the start of summer, it appears, with the official start of summer being uh, next weekend, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, the, uh, the Morac to be reintroduced. Key chairman plans to file a revised federal marijuana legalization bill in the House as early as next week. I mean... That's right. And this is out of the marijuana moment, uh, reporting on Friday from Kyle Yeager, May 21st. Uh, and not only that, they're changing the MORE Act a little bit. We did a, a show on this that was quite popular because they actually passed the MORE Act in the last Congress. And now there's a new MORE Act being introduced sometime uh, before the holiday for the Memorial Day holiday that really kicks off the start of summer. And if you're really looking forward to summer 2021, uh, smash some likes and click subscribe because we're going to be going on tour and uh, we hope to see you out there i've been fully vaccinated for a while miggy you've been fully vaccinated for uh, a couple i got weeks. my shots second one was on 420 second one on 420 <laughs> but i mean i, I, I want to get excited really i mean like so the marijuana opportunity reinvestment expunge act also the more act aka the more act yeah aka sponsored by house judiciary committee uh chairman jared Naylor, uh cleared that uh, the chamber in a historic vote last year what we did cover but it did not advance to the Senate under GOP control. Uh, I mean, so like, you know, what, what our buddy Schumer, you know, he keeps talking about his goddamn bill and his soon. like, it's coming soon. We can go back to almost four months ago now when he said soon, but yeah. And so now that uh, Naylor is kind of putting that in, I wonder if these are going to be the, um, you know, the sister bills or if they're going to have, cause like if Schumer has his bill and then this is going to be the bill that gets out of, um, 
the house, then they're going to have to have that reconciliation until the bills like match, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and Hey, thank you. Uh, there a uh, wild will from Alabama. That's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. you know, according to an email thread from advocacy groups, that marijuana moment obtained, it's set to be refiled as soon as next week with some provisions. And as you're talking, there's going to be some like changes, new provisions uh, to the more actor coming. That's right. It's not going to include the language from last time's house floor bill that passed that prevented people with previous cannabis convictions from obtaining obtaining federal permits to operate marijuana businesses. So that was a contentious provision that appeared at the last minute in which advocates strongly opposed. And so now, just because you were um, convicted of a marijuana crime will not preclude you from being in the legal marijuana industry, which is great. But how crazy is that? Like someone wanted to add that provision. Like this is the state of denial that we're constantly in where if you're in cannabis, if you support this plant, if you believe in this plant, there's always something going against it. Like, why? Why would you do this to to, to people, fellow citizens and limit their, you know, for a uh, uh, an already non-righteous law, you know, an already non fucking like like why but well because that's just how people are they're stupid and they like to punish people arbitrarily and then that's what was in the last one so if you had a marijuana conviction you could not be in the legal industry but that's not what's going to happen that's not how legalization is actually going to play out so that's a good thing and then not only that uh the first version of the more act that passed in the last congress uh contained language to help economically disadvantaged people enter the legal marijuana market now they're going to change that language a bit and to extend small business, it's the SBA, aid such as loans, financial literacy programs and jobs training to help those people harmed by the war on drugs, not just pursue business opportunities in marijuana, but any industry. You know, as much faith as I don't have that this will actually get any further. I mean, it sounds great. It's a great press release. It's a great stroke, whatever. But I, I find this to be a great opportunity, though, for people because this is fundamentally the american issue that like the, the like i've always been you know preaching like this it's more than a single voter issue it's a multi-layered like why this should be happening in america but good opportunity for people who live in prohibition states to reach out to their legislatures and say yes i support the Murak. will you please support the Murak? or i will vote for your competitor next you know people are afraid to speak out for the plant but this is the prime time to say yes this thing is fairly going through and i support it it's uh, it's gonna pass again I mean, like the Safe Banking Act has passed like three times out of uh, Congress and it's never gotten to get over to the Senate. And now Schumer's holding that up in the Senate until he gets his version of the Moore Act, which it would be great if they, we could get them both next week. I don't anticipate uh, Schumer's version next week, but at least we'll have Nadler's version. Now, I thought, where's Nadler from? Is he also from New York? Yeah, they're both from New York. Okay, and so like, yeah, so Jared Naylor is a a congressman from New York and Schumer's their senator. They have to be talking. I would hope so. Yeah, yeah. I would hope there's a bigger plan involved. But also, I believe there's a lot of weight in the shoulders of people who live in prohibition states like you have to. It's a scary time. Yeah, it's scary to say I support cannabis, but do it. Reach out because this is how, you know, I'm in a safe place. I don't have to reach out because it's a it's an echo chamber where I live. You know, you know, Alabama just turned. We just got uh, Alabama of all places, you know, Mississippi, 74 percent of the population. The people want legalization. And it's not as scary to say I support it anymore. Well, it's not as scary to say, but it still always has limits. And the current version of the Moore Act that's going to be introduced next week in Congress still hasn't gone as far as some advocates would like to see. Uh, There is still a provision in the Moore Act uh, that had stipulated that cannabis can still be included 
included in a drug testing program for federal workers, which is yeah. strange. How can you legalize cannabis and stay, but still don't use it if you work for the federal government? And, and why? Why? Again, there's a reason why surprise drug tests, they don't solve anything because, you know, this whole premise of we have to drug test our employees to tell which one are the bad workers. Right. Like, don't you just know who a shitty worker is, period? <laughs> like, don't you just know who your bad employee is by their performance? You know, why do we have to, like, judge your pee? Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, a lot of it had to do with lawyers suing and then, like, you know, companies trying to get out of having to pay for somebody's workers comp or, or yeah. employment insurance. Uh, companies can be just shits and so can people. And they can also be greedy and try to avoid responsibility for anything. Now, Speaking of that, uh, it might not happen that the Morac gets filed next week. It may not, uh, because marijuana's, mar- uh, marijuana moment sources confirmed that the plan is to file it next week. But we've heard this before, and that plan might be delayed because it's been delayed previously, and it might get delayed again. But hopefully, we see a new More Act next week. Yeah, that's why I'm not excited right now about. It. I mean, it like, sounds great, but like the whole Schumer, every time he says, "Well, I don't want to let this go through because it'll compromise," like. Yeah. Let them all go through. I don't. Yeah. But like, you know, smash and likes, hit the subscribe, Please. click the bell, because that's going to allow you to get notice when we do actually have the more act. And when we do actually have Schumer's bill, I'll read it. I'm not going to read it in real time because that would maybe I'll read it in real time. And just because then I could eventually make that, you know, uh, members only content. However, it's one of those deals where I get to go over the bill with everybody that wants to you know, view it and do some analysis on it. And then I'll, I'll SEO the crap out of it. So it'll come up the first in like searches for more act 2021. You should do a fireside lawyer chat, like have a little roaring fire, glass of wine next to you and just sit there and just line by line. It's almost June. I am not having a fireside chat until at least October. (laughs) I'm just saying. But meanwhile, in Colorado, though, the governor signs a bill to double marijuana possession limit and call for pardons review. According to Marijuana Moment. All right. Nice. Nice. That's great. What's uh, what's the current uh, possession limit? So they're going to double it. Uh, one ounce to two ounce they're going to go from one to two so jared polis held a signing ceremony for the legislation which would increase the amount of cannabis a person 21 and older can lawfully carry from one to two ounces i wonder what stirred that you know it's funny how like colorado when they had uh, legalization medical in the beginning you know people would have hundreds of plants like their prescription was written to have like three like no regular person can grow 300 plants but well, i don't understand the other thing like okay so he also uh, did an executive order last year to grant clemency to almost three thousand people convicted of possession of one ounce or less of marijuana that why wasn't that already done yeah you know? but but again the, the the arbitrary number why 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 is it gotta be announced why couldn't it just be any criminality involved with cannabis like that's the the line I mean, that I understand we have like a supply demand issue so maybe like on the purchase side it's like well you know we don't want uh, there to be a run on the supply so the patients can't get enough but you know, and then for that reason you can only buy an ounce at a time but then allow this more licensed growers you know yeah. don't control the supply so much that you're you're you're, you're squeezing every darn dollar out of it as you can help the people out I don't think that's why there's a limit, though. It's like here in Washington State, we have a purchase limit of one ounce. Uh, one ounce of flour, 16 grams of concentrate, and like some other – like that's what I can buy in a day, which is a, a bullshit metrics because they're trying to look out for me. 
That's yeah. why. That's the only reason why there's limits. It has nothing to do with them caring about patients or you, they're, demand. they're from the government. They're here to help. I'm just saying, man, this is the, the bullshit semantics and the, and, and the uh, uh, arbitrary, like I said, arbitrary numbers that are created to 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 help us are just well, that, those arbitrary numbers. They keep the supply maybe in check, maybe not. Uh, but if you're only allowed to buy an ounce, that's less tax dollars because then you're like, I'm sorry, bro, we can't buy no more. Again, they're not looking out for our betterment. I mean, for the most part. But this is why when you're we're still in this gray area of like laws being passed and like the bullshit legislation, like our five nanogram DUI law. It's a it's just something that make people feel better that they can vote yes, legal cannabis, and there's gonna be punishments if something crazy happens, which never does. It's ridiculous. Yes, yes. It's not all good. And I mean, this is even in Colorado. There's uh, some legislation is also advancing a proposal touted by uh, prohibitionists that stakeholders view as problematic. This is the bill from Smart Approaches to Marijuana, uh, and that puts limits on marijuana concentrates and also would restrict medical cannabis recommendations and require the state to study the impact of marijuana on certain health outcomes, among other changes. Yeah, it has the backing from the state attorney general and it's being sponsored by Colorado's House Speaker. Hmm. Uh, Yeah, I'm. I got nothing, dude. (laughs) Again, like, but that just gets in the way of in this year, it looks like Colorado is on track to hit $2 billion of sales of of legal cannabis again. So people will still hate the plant, no matter how much good the plant does for them. Don't let your facts get in the way of what I've already made my mind up to be. I don't need to see your facts. (laughs) I know how my, I know what my gut feels like. That's enough. They're just making up criminals though out of, uh, out of, uh, a plant it's easy to 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 victim or to create this like little pocket of victimization which is us any cannabis consumer the criminality type shit uh what's going on in uh, massachusetts though man Oh, man, if we got something going on in Massachusetts, we should bring out the Boston office. I tell you, we do have a Massachusetts office. Hey, guys. Hey, David, hey, David, thanks for joining us, everybody. This is David. He is uh, our Boston cannabis lawyer or our Massachusetts cannabis lawyer. So, uh, David, what's the news out of uh, Massachusetts? Well, guys, uh, Levia just launched a new cannabis and food seltzer in Massachusetts. Hmm. Here we go. And I happen to run out. And grab some myself. Oh yeah, nice. How does it? What? How many uh, ounces are in the seltzer, and how much does it cost? Seven dollars per can, uh, and it was. Let's see, what does it say? What on here? It's five uh, five milligrams of THC in each can, yeah. and it's about a ten ounce can, maybe. Ten ounce yeah. can. All right, and so. so- <laughs> It says zero calories, zero sugars. It, it looks like it's kind of a play on a white claw. What flavor is it? <laughs> yeah. So I've got two different flavors. I got, and they come in different uh, kinds. So I got the sativa blend, which is a um, raspberry lime flavor. Nice. And then I got the hybrid, which is a lemon lime. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy your drinks are hybrid and sativa. <laughs> well, that's the weird thing because like, uh, that usually mean, those are morphological changes more than they're anything else, uh, and so because of that, they usually have different terp profiles. But um, uh, are there terps in there then? Because like if it's just a distillate, or like does it say if it was a nano emulsion? We had a guy with the nano emulsion on. What method did they use to create the seltzer? 
it doesn't say it's a nano emulsion, but I will say, because I did my research last night and, and tried one of these, and I tried the lemon lime last night, and uh, it's clear, no color to it at all, so I'm guessing it's some type of emulsion where they get rid of the oil base of it and, and get it in there as a liquid, and um, it was lemon lime. Yeah, it tasted, it was like a seltzer. I'm not a huge seltzer person, so I was a little, little leery of the whole thing. My yeah. wife tasted it as well, and she is a salsa person. She liked it. She said yeah. this tastes it's probably one of the better salsas that uh, she tasted. Yeah. Her comment was no aftertaste. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That's now, uh, David, what's the uh, regulatory and license landscape going on in Massachusetts? What's hot out there? Well, the delivery license is hot right now. Um, the delivery mm. license is supposed to drop any time the uh, Cannabis Control Commission is going to come out with the new um, regulations on how to get that cannabis delivery license. So for the next three years, though, it is only open to social equity participants. So yep. there's that. Awesome. Well, we're going to be doing a webinar on it. And so if you guys want to get notice to that, head on over to CannabisIndustryLawyer.com and sign up for our newsletter or just subscribe to this channel because we will publish that webinar on obtaining your cannabis delivery operator license for the state of Massachusetts for about 24 hours. And then it goes members only. So it's out of court, though, because I know it was in court. They were suing for a while and, and, and now they're going to be issuing the licenses. That'd be awesome. They are going to, it was in court for about a minute. Um, mm. The big player, the big players filed the lawsuit because they felt it was unfair that only the social equity participants could have the delivery license. They wanted their, their ability to get the license. And so that was, once it was filed, there was a protest and a boycott of their um, facilities. And what do you know? They pulled back the lawsuit uh, and took it, took it away, and it's gone now. Mm. Uh, some some of the protests are still going on, and they're still stealing a little bit of the of the pinch of that. Mm. Um, rightly so, rightly so, I think. But uh, David, in your legal opinion, what time is it in Boston? <laughs> it is four twenty. booming cannabis in california yeah well i just wanted to thank david for coming on and can say, I just uh, say can i just say one thing i just want to fanboy for one minute if sure. you had told me when i started watching you guys a while ago that i would actually be on the show now and working with tom i would have told you no way <laughs> um i am excited to be here excited to be part of the team and everybody out there give us a call where is it right here yeah. Give me a call. We want some business in Massachusetts. Yep. And then David's going to be uh, joining us as co-host, and we're going to be concentrating on some Massachusetts-centric content uh, or the New England-centric contract. Somebody from Connecticut actually gave us a call today. Uh, Miggy, you're going to be on vacation coming up? I'll be in Cabo, and I will try to stream. But, again, I'll be in Cabo, so who knows what happens. <laughs> Hey, if you could try to stream in, we'll de we'll definitely have Miggy try to come in from Cabo. But uh, let we wanted to give a shout out to our, our 420 sponsor, WebJoint. Uh, and so we kind of have some talking points for WebJoint then. Is that how we're supposed to be uh, running this? I think so. Just here, generic uh, delivery is booming in California and other states that are legalizing recreational cannabis. COVID is a callus that has permanently changed consumer behavior. No doubt. I mean, yeah, no doubt. And this opportunities are stuff like web joints. So they're a software company in the center of allowing all cannabis deliveries across California to operate efficiently and compliantly. 
Yeah, uh, it's a software provider in California. They are now looking to expand into other cannabis legal states. Yep, and to do that, they are doing something that I help a lot of our clients do, but they're doing it in a different way. They are actually, I think they're crowdfunding or they're doing a series Reg A plus funding. And so for as little as 230 bucks, you can invest in WebJoint, WebJoint, the world's leading cannabis delivery software. And so they have a startup engine uh, fund that's going on right now uh, for 555000 that they've raised. Pretty sweet. Like, you know, they aren't being locked out of this platform to be able to raise capital for their ants. Well, are they an ancillary business? I would think so. I think they're, you know, they don't touch the plant, you know. And, 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 yeah. and it's- but you see, this is one of the beautiful aspects of cannabis. And so, like, you can do that type of capital raise. And then how do you touch the plant? I mean, like, is, is there going to will those people just create another LLC and that LLC will be the plant touching um, uh, delivery company. And then this this tech company will have a contract with that delivery well, delivery and or distribution, depending on what license type it is in your state. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the interplay of all these types of LLCs. It's just not about the plant touching one. There's ones that are really, really close to it. Well, fuck, man. You know, the, the, the semantics that come in play with that part is when you're being prosecuted, right? Like when, when, when somebody, the IRS or whatever department of alphabet soup wants to come after you, this is what they're going to be looking at is like the semantics, right? Just like the guys at the credit card processing who just couldn't check the one that says cannabis. Like, yep. Yeah. But anyway, Shout out to WebJoin on that. They uh, are a proud sponsor of our 420 Somewhere segments for this month. And uh, it was powered by them. So check them out on, what is that? Is that, yeah, there's our bit.ly on it, but it's a startup engine. Cool. And, and, and it's just great that like, you know, the money that we're raising here is going to, half of it's going to go to uh, plant prisoners. And that's just, to me, important part of what we're doing right now. No, so. no, they're a sponsor, man. And we'll talk off the show about how this LLCs run. Uh, I'm going to offer mm. these shares. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm down. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so Texas. Texas, HB 2593, penalty reduction for cannabis concentrate, the Texas marijuana policy. Uh, penalty, penalty reduction uh, for cannabis concentrates according to Texas marijuana policy. Yeah, you said that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, currently, any amount of concentrate THC or cannabis-infused product carries an automatic felony charge. Holy crap. I can't believe that. An automatic felony charge in Texas if you make up a batch of brownies. No, felony, just we got terms of art, right? Like a felony in misdemeanor, felony just means it's the the, the higher, like a, a higher level intensive crime, yeah. right? Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, like, again, I am not a criminal lawyer. I never wanted to be. I never have been. Uh, now, uh, there's all sorts of different ones. And so I do know, like, the lowest one is like a petty offense. Mm. And then after petty offense, I think it goes to misdemeanor. And then I think it goes to felony. And I think in, like, the misdemeanors and the felonies and maybe even in the petty offenses, there's all more classes about it. So, uh, like, you can have, like, a 1X felony or some other BS. I'm not sure. And this is why it's hard to go to, to find all these plant victims of the plant uh, the law right like because some will be felonies, some will be uh, uh just small misdemeanors depending on how the local you know uh person wants to prosecute them 
right? right. Like, so yeah, uh, introduced by Speaker Pro Tempero, Joe Moody, and sponsored by uh, Senator Nathan Johnson. HB two twenty five ninety three aims to reduce penalties for cannabis concentrates. I wonder why just concentrates though. Well, think about it because uh, the vape pens that are infiltrating from Oklahoma uh, mm. are probably in millions of people's pockets right now. And no so doubt. under the proposal, uh, two ounces or less of THC concentrate or infused products would be a class B misdemeanor. So it's still a crime. I mean, it's still a misdemeanor crime in there, but at least it's not an automatic felony charge that you're going to catch. Yeah, well, it was uh, passed with a bipartisan supermajority in Texas House and Senate, which is pretty awesome. Right. Okay. What about like how you weigh out the edible, though? Because a two ounce, if you just made up a batch of brownies, that weighs more than two ounces. I mean, maybe when you cut up all the brownies, maybe one brownie might weigh two ounces. And so then when you're going to be doing like weighing out your edibles, be like, oh, misdemeanor. Well, unfortunately, there are still cases in Texas where they're being charged like for eight pounds for brownies. Like, oh, that's so stupid. And that's just so wrong that they would say that's eight pounds. Right. It's just it is that is a flagrant disregard for how the thing actually is. Well, it's just like your guys' requirement of a uh, four inches or taller oh, yeah. to plant. Come on, man, we're 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 being governed by idiots. Yeah, we are being. <laughs> do you think the morons are running the show? Well, when it comes to cannabis, yes. <laughs> Seriously, but then uh, they're doing cannabis that badly. How badly can they be doing the other shit? And then that's the other thing. Uh, so uh, two ounces or less of THC concentrate or infused products. The last sticks of butter that I made, uh, according to my cocktail napkin math, which of course is just an estimation, uh, but it, like after eating some of the cookies or brownies, uh, it seems about right uh, for my tolerance level, I think. Uh, and so there's about like 1.5 grams per stick. So it'd be like a gram of THC and a stick of butter and then a, a half a gram of CBD. So could I make the argument that that's less than two ounces of concentrate Concentrate. And the concentrate in that is only the, um, you know, the concentrate is actually the substrate itself, not the coconut oil that I've dissolved it in. Oh, it magically become coconut oil, you know. It's uh, so I, I don't know. That's that's something for a Texas criminal lawyer to to tell and ask uh, and get a, a ruling on from a judge somewhere. What man? Again, it's about what discretionary, right? What they're going to go after? Who they're going to go after? Why they're going to go after? When will something like that see a case in in, in court? You know, it's it's not worth it no more. This is not worth uh, uh, prosecuting. I, well, I, that's, that's that's good. And you know, here's one of the reasons why it's not worth prosecuting because there's so many stocks that are out there, and we actually have some stock news. So let's hit that one. Stocks. Roar Cannabis files for stock sale mentions U.S. acquisition possibly. Market watch. Wow. Yeah. Aurora Cannabis Inc. ACB, the ticker, filed for a potential sale of $300 million in brand spanking new shares and mentioned the possibility of a United States acquisition. The funny thing on that is the only thing Aurora Cannabis has the ability to do is lose investor money. And so that they're going to go to the auction window and say, hey, investors, remember all that money we lost for you? How would you like three hundred million dollars more in an hour stock? Yeah, but that 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 that, that American investment we're talking about is just a freaking CBD company. Like, like you're still not really. 
you know, well, like, like, if you look at their balance sheet, I think they're 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 covering. I, I, you have to look at their massive, massive losses, and then the obligations that they may have. The valuation of Aurora Cannabis is so negative that um, I should almost do a bid on it. Uh, but then, if they could offer three hundred million dollars for that garbage that is just such a powerful reason why that you should really invest that two hundred thousand dollars or we're going to get a price quote for all the legal work we have to do to take your cannabis company public (laughs) and then after that we're going to say can't we do it cheaper Uh, because you know most of the people especially uh, um, aurora cannabis they're probably going to be bankrupt after it's federally legal i don't see yeah if it was federally legal i think they already would be bankrupt with the uh, the three hundred million acquisition, right? Is that their their reason to get into the the American market? Is that their foot in the door, or they are? I, perhaps that's their foot in the door. But uh, there's Canadian companies have already gotten their foot in the door to a full uh, to a fairly large extent. Uh, right. I just don't think that they. I mean, and a lot of American companies have gotten their foot into Canada to get listed, and that was a common practice as well. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I should do is is look up Aurora's balance sheets and its transactions. You know, for example, let's see, Aurora is a U.S. listed stock that's down forty percent in the past three months. Sounds about right. And so, yeah, Aurora agreed to purchase just a U.S. CBD company. So it's not even really an uh, a licensed play, which yeah, very strange. Yeah, Aurora is the one that has uh, Boehner with it, right? No, uh, Aurora is not the one that has banner with it. You're thinking of acreage holdings. That's right. Yep. Now they're all yep. the same to me. I know there's Aurora stock. As you can see, 2008 was a very, very good time for it. Um, well, one of the things that you can do, uh, if you scroll down, uh, they might have some actual financial data about it. Uh, we might have to go into the more about them because uh, that might have specific financial data that I like to look at when I'm like, OK, let's let's watch its cash flows. And um, no, no. Also, no. Nah, it's not enough. It's I'd have to dig into it, and this, this isn't the best opportunity for these 287 people that are tuning in. <laughs> talk to Stan. Oh no, Steve Lee for Kennewick Council pre rolls. A politician is using pre rolls as um, swag, I guess. I mean, would you rather get a pre roll or a yard sign from somebody who's looking for your vote? Well, this guy, he's got, a, and not just. What's great about this is, that, first off, it's a reelection. So he already won the first time, right? And my neck of the woods of Washington, he's on the east side, and uh, he owns a shop. And and I was trying to figure out the semantics of, like, again, licensing, right? There's white labeling. How did he get his name on there? How much did they come out of the pocket? Like, like what garden is he in? Because there's so many brands out here, like, you know, Run the Jewels had some weed out here. All you got to do is just slap your face on it and, you know, pay whatever uh, – fee you get i just yeah, no no that's not how it works here in america and by america i mean illinois uh i i don't have any regalia or any like you know election swag however if i did i will guarantee there is a union stamp on it somewhere like that you have to buy like for those type of signs in that particular election uh a union print shop or something and so like that would be and then again, there's prohibitions in Illinois against giving away weed. So mm. you would have to stamp that on there and then sell it. So yeah. you need a retail license. Well, that's how stupid the laws are here is because uh, back in the before times when I, we had uh, medical and, and markets and exchanges, uh, you know, uh, uh, 
to, to get your name on something, uh, you just got to acquire the good weed and then slap your name on it and sell it. Uh, but now because of the market, uh, like for this gentleman, I just think these guys, it's like Wiz Khalifa brand, all these big market brands, like none of these fuckers grow their own weed, right? Seth Rogen, none of these guys grow it. It's all about, again, the farmer. You have to visit the farm and see the quality there. And that's how you, who you do business with before I put my name on something, right? Like if we we're going to do like the CLN weed in Washington. We could do it. I just got to figure out who to do business with and who to, who do I, who would we have to pay to throw mm-hmm. our name on there? That's all we got to do. Nice. Yeah. That would be a, a fun thing to have our own pre-rolls. Right. But it's like, it's just weird. Like, to, so back to the, the giving away stuff. Uh, oh, that's one about the, uh, was getting drifted off to was in those markets, people would give away their weed for samples or whatever here. The grows got to buy their weed at the store. They just sold it to, they have to buy it back and then they can, market and give it away at an event or something like to me that's just the most redundant asinine way to do things like i don't know but like thinking about all these strains that you know go into pre-rolls makes me think you know maybe we should play some of that name that strain This is a good old school one, man. This is officially a legacy. Nope. It, it, I believe this is because it's an heirloom strain. I would think so. An heirloom strain. Yeah. Takes me back to my high school days, dude. Love the little Brex. Oh, long, yeah. long Brex. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of trichrome production on that. Some sugar leaves, very well manicured. Uh, it's, the hairs are all red. And then uh, it's a frosty green, almost almost white. And then uh, there's some, some light, uh, very, very... What is it when it's light green? Is that like a lime green? Well, how do you describe a light green? I would, uh, uh, yeah, because a dark green would be a forest, forest so green. light would be a lime. Yeah, yeah, that's more of a lime with hints of uh, uh, it's they're so white. You know, I believe it's got its name from all the trichomes. Hmm. Maybe it yeah. did. Maybe it did. Well, it's pretty close, but it's not exactly that. You know, we would have to ask the judges. Judges. Yeah. <laughs> W Widow. Yeah. I would I, yeah, I would say so. Should we give them? Well, I'm pretty no, sure yeah. by now, like the people that are watching have been like, oh, okay. I know that what it is then. Or they call it fast enough. You know, someone's gonna rewind Somebody's it. already probably put it in there, you know. So, uh when are you going on tour? Oh yes, that's a good one. We should do that. Look at this. Oh, well, here we go. We got the double down. We got somebody that has the there's one. There's one. Put that guy back out there. Oop. That's exactly what it is. Okay. It is a white widow. That is a white widow nug. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're just going to say that, you know, big shout out to bubble butt, bubber duck. And um, that is not a word that I have ever had to say before. So thank you for that. I really appreciate the participation. Uh, yeah, white white widow is a cross between a Brazilian sativa land race and a resin heavy South Indian indica. So it's one of those heirloom strains that goes, well, I'm not sure if that would technically be heirloom, but it's still pretty old. I mean, birth in the 19. 90s that's 30 years ago if your strain's 30 years old i think you can call it an heirloom Dude, when i was in high school i remember this one i remember you know like when you heard of names white widow was one of the ones you knew northern lights was another one and if you didn't know what it was you just called it fire <laughs> i did not hear the fire being used as something to describe weed until at least 2018 oh yeah fire or uh dank The White Widow genetics became prolific, and it gave rise to many other strains like White Russian, White Rhino, and Blue Widow. Nice. 
Yes. And so when you guys are going to go on tour, uh, you're going to need a swag bag because what are the things that you do when you go to a trade show? And if you want to get involved in the cannabis industry, what you go to a trade show and there's all these trade shows that are there and we're going to have booths at them. And so we called it going on tour and we've printed up some swag bags. So uh, come out in June 24th. We will be in Chicago. Oh, I'm, I'm on profile. And OK, yeah. So come pick up a swag bag uh, at the trade show for the in cannabis industrial marketplace june 24th 25th uh in chicago illinois those things are pretty dope dude i can't wait to get one of those you need the swag bag because there's so much crap like you know hey would you like a brochure here's a brochure and then so you have all these brochures and some people they're handing out lighters they maybe have dube tubes or they have um maybe they have grams of of hemp and so they're handing out all this stuff at that trade show and and these become very useful and then people be like what's cln and they'll and you you'd be like oh it's some youtube channel and then people would put in cln when they're trying to find us on youtube and they won't they won't find us because uh it's cannabis legalization nips <laughs> but i mean the swag bags i love events man i mean i walk away with lighters for months <laughs> yeah right and the lighters are, are great but they were like way more expensive and so um i didn't get those yet Maybe we do a, a good year from this tour and next year's tour. Uh, we can use some of the revenue to get some uh, some more swag for your swag bags. So what is the uh, Cannabis Industrial Marketplace? It's a trade show circuit that uh, kind of uh, is, well, actually, according to them, uh, the Cannabis Industrial Marketplace is the best source for growing, selling, uh, and business equipment supplies. From growing media to seeds to packaging to processing to legal services, all aspects of cannabis business happen through the Cannabis Industrial Marketplace. It's one of those things that you can find out uh, in in most aspects of the cannabis industry. Everybody believes they become a one-stop shop. I do not advocate for this policy. I advocate for you becoming a no, stop. We do this one thing shop. Yeah. Uh, as then you have clarity uh, for your uh, unique selling proposition. And maybe later on you fall into wherever you should be in the ecosystem that is cannabis. And then, you know, you go from there. But People love being a one-stop shop, and, and I like them for their trade show stuff. So go out to CannabisIMP.com and use promo code CLB15 for 15% off. Right on, dude. And then uh, you'll be in Chicago on the 24th and 25th of June, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, hang out. Um, and then also, I feel compelled to make a disclosure that uh, if you go and buy this, we might get a cut of that action. So go buy that. They're a sponsor. So what do you think about the uh, congressional bill being filled to protect marijuana consumers from losing public housing in a marijuana moment? That's oh, great. That is fantastic. And so that's one of the reasons why in certain industries, more than other industries, uh, marijuana prohibition hurts them more and they're cleaved out more. Healthcare is one of them. The military is another. Public yeah. housing is another. Because where's that money coming from? If the money or, and, and education, higher education is another. If that federal money is flowing into that industry and if we had like a pie chart of the united states budget we could be like that money is going here that money is going there and when you have that type of federal money in the billions of dollars going to things they have to enforce those federal laws just like the housing one where you could get evicted for smoking weed there because you were violating federal law yeah and one of the ones you didn't mention truckers i've, I've seen a, one of our uh, uh 
people that follow us, uh, truckers for cannabis legalization, always. And I always think about them guys, like because again, like you said, big money follows uh, with the licensing and the, the insurance companies and all the other BS that they got to go through. Uh, yeah, the, the Section 8 housing definitely, as it stands, people living in public housing are prohibited from using controlled substances in those facilities regardless of the state law. And landlords are able to evict such individuals because it's federally freaking illegal, period. Um, you know, that we always have, you always, I hate, it's always like to take the easy way where you just got to think of the worst when it comes to legalization and your rights. You know, it's like, I should be entitled to this. Yeah, you should be. But right. guess what? <laughs> You know, it would be great if the rules were written like well, but they aren't. I mean, like, like me getting denied. I try to make a, a an Instagram filter for us for CLN. I'm, I'm trying yeah. to dabble into it. Got right. rejected. Why? It's blatantly said promotes drug use. Yeah, and again, that's what we can't buy ads. And so, like, thank you for for hitting those likes and for sharing us and mentioning us to other people. That's how the channel grows. We really can only grow organically. And then, while we are growing organically, we have to be very careful. That's why we do our bumpers so we don't use on air and we can't really hang out and smoke with you guys. Um, well, we're just trying not to. Like, we really want. Like, you know, we're on a mission from God to switch these laws uh, and. And then after you switch them, you have to regulate it. And so like this is going to take at least another 10 years. And then we'll probably uh, do a a French episode where we can just go to France and be like, don't do it that way. Do it this way. Yeah. And, and honestly, yeah, I mean, we're, we're further than we were, but we're still there's oh. so much progress. Be made. Yeah. We- it's been two years since we started this. Yeah. How much progress in the last two years? How many states have legalized it within the two years, medical and recreational? Oh, a lot, right? A and, lot. and and anyway, more the more people that we we talk about the endocannabinoid system, uh, you know, this is something that's in our bodies that you know we have an endocannabinoid system, not a mess system. <laughs> yeah, well, this is something that you guys can do at home. Play this game. Hey, um, uh, why does medical marijuana work? Uh-huh. Ask people on the street, and why does medical marijuana work, especially those people that are in uh, the halls of Congress in whatever particular legislature jurisdiction you're in, whether it's municipal, state, or even federal, ask them why that is, and then explain to them, it's because you have an endocannabinoid system, and it can help you fix and supplement imbalances. You know, the, the I was watching uh, uh, one of our, uh, here in Seattle, we have a doctor, uh, I, I, Sajil, I'm going to kill his name, I'm not going to say it. So if you Google marijuana doc, you'll find it for Seattle. But uh, uh, watching a podcast with him uh, today, and uh, he was talking about how the reason why research, too, slipped when it came to, like, cannabis research is because it rests in the fatty cells. Like, for all the other time, they've been focused on the non-fat part of, like, our system, our internal, whereas there's just that's where the endocannabinoid system resides, in our fatty cells. and embraces it. it. It loves it. You yeah. Know? yeah, it is. It's um, it's fat loving. However, the um, the research and, and this type of thing where we can fight back more on the medical aspect side and say, like, no, you you should know why this works. Uh, that's really important. And the DEA is finally helping that to uh, be a thing because the DEA has finally ended the federal marijuana research monopoly. agency has actually notified grower applicants like they probably had to have applied for this in, you know, 
five years ago or, or something. They've been yep. trying to get these types of grants from the DEA or permission from the DEA for years. Years, man. Like uh, the DEA on Friday notified several companies that it is moving forward or toward approving their applications to become federally authorized marijuana manufacturers for research purposes. So like there, throughout this time, there's only been one place in Mississippi. Yep. <laughs> Right, and the college. All, all this, and then no research really got done, and it was only the research that was looking for the harms, and then not only that, then they would give them like really crappy weed, and so you know we've have we ever had Irv Rosenfeld or any of the original like LV? I think those are the only two still alive from the uh, IND, the not no the NDI, the Novel Drug Interventional Therapy from that was shut down with the federal patients, like wow. federal patients cannabis support. Supply uh, came from that Mississippi farm, and it was terrible weed. Oh, I guess that would you know tell them more about it. I'll go get one of those tins so we can go over it because I actually yeah. have one of Herb's tins. Nice it's behind yeah, the pot leaf. Well, there was a one time fifteen federal patients, and then it dwindled down uh, down to eight. I think now there's only two living. Uh, I believe Ellie, though, I think she dropped out of the program, said recently within this past couple of years, like she's like, I'm done with this program. Whereas Herb Roosevelt, this is the tin that uh, manufactured in Mississippi, the the grow uh, low THC. Um, but, the, you know, and this is how he would help sponsor his uh, his travels when he would auction off these tins. Did you get it through an auction? You know it. Yeah. So and how many pre-rolls of this thing cigarettes. hold? 300 cigarettes, 300. approximate weight, 266-ish grams. Average weight per cigarette, just about nine-tenths a gram. Pretty fat cigarette. Um, and then where does it have the percentage of THC? Does it say that anywhere? That's what I was curious about. And I know they're pretty low, though. No, but they were made in 2001. Mm. And then they were shipped to them. This is hilarious. And so they were super stale. And so it's like 2, uh, 10, 2009, you see, or it's like uh, 10, 21, 09. And then on the other side where it says manufactured, born on date, right? Um, March 2001. And it does not tell you what the turp profile is. But after nine years, I'm sure that it was just the, sw- the swag ultra super sesquiterpenes that you can't get out of it. Oh, yeah. And uh, how much THC was actually left by then? I have no idea. Uh, and they didn't really have very much THC. And how did he get it? Through the mill? Because there's no other way for them to. It's not like they had a special cannabis transport for this. No. Some dude in Mississippi packed it, put it in a box, slapped a label on it. Do you think they had like a special permit like for hazmat or anything for like that? I have no idea. I know they probably had to have some type of permission from the DEA to make it. And there goes something in the background. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was, I was using this can as a bookend. And uh, so gotcha. now that the, the bookend has been moved, some books have fallen behind my green screen, which is a marijuana leaf for flower. <laughs> right on, man. Yeah, it was almost five years ago. DA under uh, President Barack Obama first announced that it was accepting applications. That's right. They said they were five like, years. Wow. That's some crazy shit. And then no uh, approvals were made during the Trump administration and the delay in getting acceptances has led to frustrations and in some cases lawsuits among applicants. Interesting. I know Dr. Sue Sisley was one of the ones that get approved or she was uh, she's doing research on PTSD. Hmm. That's really good. That program, you know. Yeah, yeah. We do have some international news, and then we have some more FDA news. I think we should – the FDA news is just about it's moving to ban uh, cigarettes and flavored cigars. Hmm. Um, 
you know. How does that affect cannabis, you think? I have no idea. We'll, we'll find out about that in, in a bit. Lauren. Bloods, blood wraps. Oh, got you. Wraps. Yeah. Uh, there's, you know, it, there's interesting plays on it. I mean, like, are they going to, is it going to be everything that has any flavor? And then we're going to have to see how they define it. Because then if they define it in a certain way, there's always a way around it. But it depends on how they've, they've defined that. And then, you know, it's it's one of those deals where, yeah, people are still going to do certain things. We'll what? see what that is. Well, the whole menthol thing too, like them banning menthol to save the the minority population. I just that kind of shit. Just like, come on, man. Like, what do know. they call that? Like, you know, patronizing or something. Yes, patronizing. Where it's just like, thank you for trying to save me from myself. So, like, you know, tell me how to live, yeah. And die, yeah. Well, again, there's other things to worry about in the society and the world than flavor cigarettes, right? Like, you know, a man died last year with with, with a needle's neck, right? There's different ways yeah. and that we can make the world better, uh, regoverning and refunding uh, uh, the present situation. You know, like ending prohibition, number one. <laughs> You know, yeah. I, I, I just, you know, this just, just being that this is the one situation that I've always been uh, as a citizen of the United States, right? Like um, what's going on in the politics? You know, I pay attention to all that shit and, 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 and all the international shit doesn't mean anything to me. Right. I care more about the, my next state, like Alabama and, uh, or, you know, my fellow Americans, as far as like legalization is the one thing that will help us all. Right. Right. This is going to be insensitive and, and, and callous, but I really don't give a shit what's going on in Israel. Like, like I just like all that shit over there. Like they got their own mess. This is the mess I want to worry about. You know, I don't care about the border situation. I don't care about mm-hmm. any of shit. Let's just end prohibition because this will help everybody. I don't we wake up. Do have some, we have some international end yeah. prohibition news. Yeah. Right, Japan. Japan. Lifting ban on medical cannabis in Japan sparks fears about CBD. Yeah, go figure. Right. Well, Japan's Ministry of Health, yes, because we trust them this week, mm-hmm. indicated that it will lift the country's ban on cannabis-based medicines. CBD stakeholders say their fear regulators may stop there and not allow sales of CBD food and cosmetics products. Yeah. So, yeah. So they're going to try to let big pharmaceutical firms control a market limited to medical CBD only? That would just be rigs. How are you supposed to even like know where your source came from? You're going to have CBD only by itself as a opposed to like as an entourage of all these other beneficial cannabis compounds that are in the whole plant. Well, it sounds like business just worry about their own money, right? Like in that scenario, big, yeah, like you said, uh, responding this week to emergency requests, Japan's Ministry of Health, Labor and Welfare said it was lifting the country's ban on all cannabis based medicines, clearing the way for manufacturing sales by pharmaceutical makers under government licensing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, it's still going to be, you know, it's going to take some time before the Epidiolex, high CBD Epidiolex drug hits the Japanese market. No, that's that big farmer shit, though, man. That's that that like we're going to give only these people control of a again. Legalization ending prohibition is just giving us a, a wellness option or a recreational option, which will still lead to a wellness right. betterment. Like, think about it. It's one of the most aging societies in the world, and they don't have any access to CBD. They don't have safe access to cannabis. You know, that's terrible. But it's all indirect result of uh, America's uh, ability to export prohibition 
right? Because can- Japan has a history of cannabis. There's long history way before with with, with them uh, uh, with hemp and uh, and growing, but because America's really good at exporting fear, yeah, <laughs> and bombs. And bombs. <laughs> Japan's regulation on cannabis are based on uh, which parts of the plant can be processed as opposed to THC content. Huh. Under rule, current rules, only products derived from the stem and seeds of hemp plants can be may be sold. But, you know, and then we had Caro uh, uh, on, and, and he was goddamn raided for his house. Right. You but know. that was for the THC aspect of it. And so I don't necessarily, I mean, let's see how the Japan, Japan licenses their hemp industry, or are they just going to be buying it from China? No. Mm. We'll have to kind of wait and see. All cannabis-based medicines have been illegal in Japan up until now, and some doctors have skirted the law to try to treat epilepsy because, you know, that's one of the things that CBD has actually shown efficacy for. And other patients have been pushing for regulatory change. And they've said now they're kind of noticing the sentiment and uh, the change in sentiment and also the international laws. So earlier this year, the Japan's Ministry of Health set up an expert panel to explore potential changes in the country's strict cannabis rules. Isn't that how it's going to start? You know, experts. Yeah. (laughs) Call in the experts. I'm sorry. Yeah. Are you? So I would just love to see that expert. And it's like, you know, Tommy Chong. Right. Yeah. What's your qualification of expert? Yeah, how much personal experience do you want this person to have? Yeah, where, where, <laughs> where are you coming from with the plant? Do you have any experience consuming the plant? I mean, right. there's a definitely a big wall of hell. You know, back to more international news, we've got the crazy shit going on in Ireland. Yeah, this is terrible. A man pleads guilty to 4.86 worth, $4.86 worth of cannabis after cops have searched his apartment. Less than $5 of cannabis. An Irish man who was charged with possession of cannabis has retained a lawyer and pled not guilty. Oh, I'm sorry. And pled guilty in court, although he only had $4.86 worth of cannabis in his home at the time that he was searched. Damn, Paul. It was his home that was searched. Paul Lee, 54 of County Cork of Ireland. We had uh, our our Ireland guest from Cork County on before. Mm Uh, appeared in, in his with his solicitor. I love how they refer to her a lawyer, solicitor, Iman right. e- Fleming in court. According to the Irish Examiner on Sunday, Lee's lawyer examined, explained that he suffers from osteoporosis and uses a small amount of cannabis for pain control and yep. had a very small amount in cannabis grinder in his grinder for his possession for his daily use, for personal use. Like, yeah, this is crazy. They like, I went to the store yesterday and I bought. Right. Two quarters, two different types of quarters. I'm not, I'm not obligated to smoke just one type of weed. I, I don't want to be stuck in that. I bought two quarters and an eighth. Why? Because I'm getting ready to go on a trip, and I just don't want to go back to the weed store for at least a week and a half. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I got that option. It's, it's yeah. amazing. Like, like planes haven't fallen off the sky. You know, traffic still freaking congested. I mean, there's nothing right. weird that happens when you have legal weed. But think about this. This poor man, this Paul Lee, he is a gardener and a chef by trade, and he's awaiting results of an MRI that he's taken from pain suffering from his osteoporosis. And yeah. so he's in old, he's, he's, he's 54. He's not that old, but like he's old enough and he's been, uh, um, you know, working in hospitality long enough that he maybe has some pain, you know, and yeah. he's the gardener. So where do you think the weed came from? He's able to grow his own medicine. And not just that, you know, he doesn't want to take the opioids. He doesn't want to risk taking a harder drug. This is something that, you know, self-medication is, you know, got to be a thing when you look at wellness, just like with mental health. Like you have to look at the person has to 
be able to observe what they're feeling yep. and say, this is just enough for me to get through. I don't need more. Yeah. Not everybody wants to be zonked out high all day. You know, not everybody wants that. Right. And he explained that to the presiding judge. And so he went on and he explained that he moved to Ireland many years ago to escape a heroin addiction that he developed when he was younger. And mm. he's trying to avoid ever having to take harder opioids with his past uh, behavior and abuse of those. So he would like to use an almost uh, a pain reliever for his osteoarthritis pain. Uh, I'm sorry, it's osteoporosis related pain. But he doesn't want to take anything that's uh, opiate based. And again, there's a thing called California sober, right? People who just yep. consume cannabis, opposed to drinking or whatever. I mean, cannabis, cannabis does help reduce your consumption of other worse things. I mean, yep. if you're trying to escape, whether it's mentally, physically, cannabis helps alleviate it. And, you know, but it's not also the end all end all, just like with PTSD, they say, okay, or like with the mushrooms, allergen legalized mushrooms, right? It's all about part of the treatment. It's not the full treatment. You got to mm-hmm. have, you know, other ways of means of, uh, yeah, yeah. But think about this is what the judge said, you know, because he's trying to get community service with this thing. And the, the judge said, and the judge's name is like just such a, um, uh, chat of a name judge john king said i would not consider community service until i know he is clean Uh, and so he ordered two no he ordered six months of probation or how much probation did he order uh he ordered probation with two random urinal analysis to occur later in the year so i'm not sure how long he was given for probation but uh mr lee is out on probation and he cannot use his medicine because it is an illicit drug and again, those randoms are really finding out the bad guy. They're really cracking down on your, oh, we got him. Yeah. We, we found him. Damn near wrecked him. I got another. <laughs> but it's just fucked up that, that we put people in these positions. Like here in the States, you know, like as I said before, I've known people in probation that on an alcohol offense and cannabis is a thing that helps them. <laughs> hey, Chad, we love hey. you, man. By the way, I, I didn't make that. I didn't make that up, bro. I'm sorry. Like, it, 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 it's who did you piss off? You know, um, maybe, maybe it's because he's been in the industry for a bit. So, um, uh, in the industry, it's a, it's uh, it could be a derogative term for somebody who doesn't use the product that's only in it for a uh, the money. I mean, we, we all know what you're talking about. We're talking about those kids with the glasses and the in the in the pink polo shirts and the collars up and the oh, well, they're posers. They um, oh yeah, what are those dudes? nozzles called you would see him in the caddyshack movie you know not the caddies the other yeah, guys the those people are the chads. Yeah. Those are, sorry chad we still love man. we will do an episode uh, dedicated to him uh regarding the etymology of the term hopefully on, <laughs> on, on urban dictionary we'll, we'll do it we'll make hey, sure that we get this on urban dictionary sort all this stuff out where did well, that term come from? Well, we got him here, though. There's a, a, a protest going on in Michigan. Hey, Chad, can you, can you break up any more about that? There's a protest about, I think, the Marijuana Michigan Association, Business Association, is anti-home grow. And then there's a collective group of people who belong to the association that they're speaking out. I saw on uh, Instagram, he's been posting him and the Stony Rockefeller uh posting these uh about uh michigan and how these guys are anti-home grow i don't understand like a lot of these guys were seed companies too here in washington state i saw a seed company testify against home grow like hey seed company the fucking more people can grow the more seeds you can sell like why are you anti-home grow right i just don't get the the thinking behind and again i think a lot of it is the fear mongering that comes with it like 
we can't just unleash the the cannabis beast. We have to put all these constrictions and uh, uh, rules. Imagine if all your other beasts start magically going away. I just, you know, we we can't, uh, you know, this 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 plant might grow wild and everybody might feel better about themselves one day. I don't. What is the the reason? But. It's ridiculous. Yeah, there is no real reason. But I do think it is interesting that um, Mr. Mr. Lee, this nice man, the Irishman, Paul Lee, that was the sixth time he has been arrested for weed. So clearly he is being um, really discouraged from using cannabis to treat his pain. Uh, it's just so silly that they even changed the law in Ireland in December of 2020 to take and somewhat decriminalize a small possession of cannabis for personal use to deal with it outside the, their criminal justice system. However, uh, I'm not sure if it's going to apply to Mr. Lee, who was charged for his sixth time for possession uh, in 2020. It's supposed to be for the first timers, so they don't get a criminal record. But, you know, it's like saying this one doesn't count. You know, you can use weed. As much as you want and you get caught for it once yeah no i understand but you know it's his medicine and again six times that tells you he's a target that just tells you they're just fucking with him it has nothing to do with like we're trying to make the world better we need to get the the chris no it's not his name's not chris the paul lee medical cannabis bill and or dole or whatever the f they call laws in ireland and then um and, and draft that so you can get medical patients in ireland and he can actually go and have that lawfully and have a safer treatment for his pain besides opioids. Cannabis is safer than most things legal, period. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for Cannabis Legalization News, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you like and subscribe to keep up with all Cannabis Legalization News. We will see you on Wednesday. Bye.